We asked you yesterday about your school cheating stories after we talked about the Stanford College president being forced to resign over an academic integrity scandal. Uh, we got a couple of yarns in, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone wrote that they once cheated in a maths test because it wasn't their strong suit. Understandable. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, not, but also... There's a reason. Uh-huh. You know, the reason makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then they, they couldn't read the other person's handwriting. And then this person didn't then say what the result was. So uh, to me, I'm imagining someone thinking that they're doing like great cheating here and then yeah. just writing completely the wrong thing because they've misread the other person's answer. Yeah, yeah. I, I did that once <laughs> at, at primary school. I copied my classmate's answer, mm-hmm. um, but the answer was so wildly incorrect <laughs> that the teacher was like, "These, t- like, one of you clearly copied the other one. <laughs> um, but someone else also got in touch and they said, no, they didn't ever cheat at school, but they did write a report while at school on how shit their principal was. Please send us that report. Yeah, I'd love to read it out loud. If you're online, if you still got a coffee. Could be an yeah, entire, there'd be, be a delightful. bonus episode right there and then. We'll anonymize it. Anyway... Kia this is Newsable. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. The fallout after another Labour cabinet minister goes. Tova O'Brien gives us her thoughts on what happens next after Kelly Allen resigns. Also, two of the world's biggest fast fashion brands, Temu and Shein, are going head-to-head in court in a self-described war. The football ferns are playing the Philippines today and could book themselves a spot in the World Cup knockout stages. We check in with Sky's Christina Eddy on what we can expect. And wrapping up after all that heft with a wee story about the world's most daring teddy bear. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. We're starting today with the fallout from the resignation of Justice Minister Kitty Tapu Allen. She has been charged with careless use of a motor vehicle and refusing to accompany a police officer. She also failed an alcohol breath test after a car crash on Sunday night. It's just three weeks since Kitty Allen took leave for mental health reasons. She is now the fifth minister the government's lost this year, if you also count Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. So what do we make of all of this? We're five weeks out from this year's election. Well, Stuff's Chief Political Correspondent Tova O'Brien is going to unpack some of this with us. Kia ora. Kia ora, guys. So look, we, we just mentioned Kitty Allen took mental health leave and then came back just a week later. Do you think that put Chris Hipkins in a difficult situation? No, I think that the Prime Minister made a decision based on what was in front of him at the time and I know that he's already facing a lot of criticism um, that he shouldn't have given her the green light to come back to work so soon. But I think setting aside the earlier allegations, the fact that there was no formal complaint, no proper investigation, no findings of wrongdoing, this is a mental health issue. And anyone who spoke to Kitty Tapu Allen in the the intervening time when she was off work or anyone who indeed saw her after she returned to work during that ram raids policy, I think would have seen that she was on top of it. She certainly appeared to be on top of it. She was telling the Prime Minister that she was back on top of it. And as he said, she was at the top of her, her game. Turns out that wasn't the case. But anyone who has experienced mental health issues or who has gone through hurt or humiliation or heartbreak that wouldn't even be categorised in that more extreme end, 
you put on a brave face and mm-hmm. you convince others and you convince yourself that you're okay. And the Prime Minister had to go on what he knew at the time, and that was that Kitty Tapuella was saying, put me back out there, boss, I'm ready to go, put me back on the field, and, and he went with that. That was going to be my next question. It's been quite a staggering and wild incident. Do you really think that this will break through from the Beltway and the public will care? If you travel around the country at the moment, and I've been doing a bit of that over the the last few months, and you talk to people, the criticism isn't so much of Chris Hipkins. Mm. So the the criticism has been more about his ministers, Stuart Nash, Mika Whaiteri, Michael Wood, now Kiritapu, Alan. And yes, anything that besets the, the cabinet, his ministers, the party, it does land back on the feet of the Prime Minister. But the overwhelming sentiment that I've heard people express about the Prime Minister is actually pity. Mm. These are seen as things that are outside of his control. Even though people aren't necessarily blaming Chris Hipkins, he is the one who will be punished and the Labour Party will be punished. And the question now is how much of an impact will this have? It compounds for the Prime Minister, right? It certainly looks like chaos from the outside, but what are your sources telling you about what it's like on the inside? What are the, what's the party saying about the party? Down but not out. This is just a tragic story, whether you believe in Kitty Tapuellen's politics or not, uh, whether you believe what she has done is is wrong. It's enormously wrong, and it's not excusing what Kitty Tapuellen did. There is no way that a justice minister, anybody, should be doing any of the things that she is is charged with doing. But it's a sad story. It is. It, it's sad when anyone is. Uh, going through mental health issues and um, and going through them in such a public way. Mm. They thought Michael Wood might have done this, mm. you know, mm. and Michael Wood didn't do it. They felt like they were close enough. They feel like Christopher Luxon isn't resonating with the public and that Chris Hipkins can close that gap on the campaign trail. But, but and it's a really big but, if that gap becomes a chasm and this latest issue risks causing that chasm, then it will be too hard to close that gap for Labour. Tover O'Brien, thanks for joining us to chat. Thanks so much, guys. Here's a question, and the reason why I'm about to ask it will become apparent later on in the show, I promise. But what's the most unusual place you've ever lost something? And then, did you get the item back? Let us know. You can find us on TikTok or Instagram, search Newsable NZ, and you can also email us your yarns, newsable at stuff.co.nz. Recently on the pod, we talked about online fashion retailer Shein and its terrible influencer trip. You can find that extended interview uh, in our feed. It's definitely worth a listen if you haven't already. And then also recently, we talked about another online retailer, Timu, because it's been bombarding us with ads and it all seems way too good to be true. And now we are going to talk about both of them together. It's like capitalist... Marvel and DC mashups, <laughs> uh, because one of these companies has filed a lawsuit against the other. Temu has accused Shein of starting a, quote, war over the US markets, filing a lawsuit in a Massachusetts court. Here to tell us what's going on is tech commentator Ian Howard. G'day, Ian. How you doing? Kia ora, Emil. Nice to see you. So, look, explain the bare bones of the story to us. What is Temu accusing Shein of doing here? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this is probably less of a technology story than it is a kind of supply chain story. Mm -hmm. They've quoted some antitrust regulations. Um, Sheehan, um, as many businesses do, have gone to their suppliers and said, if you supply to us and want us to buy from you, then we don't want you supplying to Timu. So essentially, um, they're 
uh, trying to stop Timu from competing on the same products and being able to um, buy them from the same people. Um, and that has very much uh, annoyed Timu, who, of course, have always put ethics at the very forefront of their <laughs> business model. Um, and so they have uh, they have quoted that this is very unfair, have cried foul um, to the regulators in the US, and uh, we shall see what happens from here. Now, CNN was given a statement from Shein in which it says it believes the lawsuit is without merit and that it will vigorously defend itself. But then Shein filed its own lawsuit in Chicago against Timu, accusing it of paying influencers to spread false and deceptive statements online. What's going on? Well, it's sort of like watching my eight and nine-year-olds have uh, an argument, to be honest. Um, it's, it's all uh, very petty. It's very nasty. Um, I, I suspect that this won't be the end of it either. I, I, my um, yeah, my suspicion is that there will be further litigation and the two will continue to throw stones at each other. And essentially what we've got here is two giants um, you know, competing over the same customers, competing over... Um, the same proposition, really, which is, um, you know, pretty poor quality, fast moving, unsustainable uh, goods being sold at super low prices. Um, I, their concern is that there isn't enough room in the market for the both of them. And so they're going to do everything they can to pull the other down. It's um, it's nasty. And uh, I, I suspect the only people that won't win out of this are the consumers. Well, you know who will win, though, are the lawyers. Great time to be a lawyer, Ian, surely. I'm thinking of a career change. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is the world that we live in. Tech commentator Ian Howard, thanks very much for your time today. Kia ora. FIFA World Cup chat is coming up in just a second, but if you are enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform. It really helps other people to find and listen to the programme, and we really appreciate it. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos, and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's another exciting FIFA day for New Zealand. Tonight we are taking on the Philippines at Wellington Sky Stadium. Kicking off at five o'clock. I'm very jealous of you, Imogen, because you are going, are you not? Uh, you bet I am, and I cannot wait. And also, I cannot wait, as we discussed last week, uh, to see what my game day snack is when I'm there. But while we wait to find out what that'll be, we've once again got the amazing Christina Eddy from Sky with us now to chat about tonight's game. Hi, Christina. Hello. How are you guys doing? It's a good day, hopefully. I think the Wellington weather might be starting to to sort of fine up a little bit for us. I've heard us coming, so it'll be good. <laughs> exactly. What's the word from the footy ferns ahead of this match? How are they feeling? Great. 
I mean, you know, overall they've had to sort of come down from that the high of, of that historic win over Norway, and that would have been hard. But in some ways, it's also not because they go into you know the minimal amount of training that they have to do at a World Cup really with a lot of confidence. Um, I mean, overall, the probably the little hotel scare they had with um with the mm. fire was was not great. But the way that they've worded it and the way they've said we're, we're so used to coming overcoming adversity as this team, um, and things like this are just bringing us closer. And I have to say that's what I noticed with the football first. You know, they've got this really cohesive culture um, and you can just tell that they've overcome so much as a team and they've enjoyed so much as well. And I think this Philippines test um, will be a good one. And I actually think that they're going to go really well tonight. Talk us through tonight's opposition, the Philippines. Uh, maybe not a powerhouse of world football to most football fans, but they've got a solid team, don't they? This is actually the first time they're appearing at a World Cup, men or women. So they've never been at a World Cup before, but you can't take them lightly because they do have a team full of players that play in the US, which you know is an incredible league and so many of our players play over there too. Um, and they also have a coach that Australia desperately wanted. Australia, the Matildas were gunning for that coach. Um, and the Philippines got him so they aren't to be underestimated but then in saying that and we, we also expect usually as well that they come out with a lot of pace a lot of flair and a lot of attack so um, that's what we were expecting of the Philippines but watching you know the result over um, when they went down 2-0 to Switzerland they weren't looking like an absolute powerhouse that we should be super concerned about but we also can't rest on our laurels either otherwise we'll end up like Norway. <laughs> now there's another game on today that could have some big implications for us right because it's our other pool teammates well not teammates pool opposition uh, are playing talk us through what the dynamic is there. Exactly right I mean it's fantastic if you're in Hamilton this is a massive game to get down to but if you're not and you're watching the football ferns on Sky straight after 8pm we have Switzerland taking on Norway and that's fantastic because Norway are going to be hurt they're going to be a bit broken after their loss to the football ferns they were expected to top this pool uh, and now they're up against switzerland who defeated the philippines 2-0 and are looking really really solid um, but it's important for our football ferns this match tonight and they'll be keeping a close eye on it too because if we do beat the philippines we just need norway mm. to lose one more time and we're through and we've made history and we're through to the round of 16 so that's massive and they'll be keeping a close eye on that match isn't it wild christine like if we win tonight we're, I mean, touch wood, but we, we've got a really good shot after two games of being in the round of 16 of this World Cup. In your wildest dreams, did you see this happening when it kicked off? We were hoping that they would beat the Philippines. This was always sort of the game that was touted mm. to be the history-making game. You know, we weren't expecting a win over Norway. So... In some ways, it makes me a little bit nervous because they've made history. This was the game that they were expecting to win. But then in saying that, so, you know, you always worry, I guess, that they'll turn up and maybe underestimate the opposition or just get a little bit too confident. But in saying what I've seen of the football ferns and when they turned up to the game with uh, against Norway, they're, they're super mature. They're really composed and they're really confident, um, but in a good way. And I think I don't think they'll be taking this lightly. I don't think they'll be taking the fact that they could, you know, get to a point where they could make history again tonight, lightly. Sky's Christina Eddy, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have another bonus episode with Christina out a little bit later today. We will talk a little bit more about that match tonight. And of course, you can watch all the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023 matches on Sky or stream them on Sky Sport now. And Stuff has launched a dedicated tournament hub online. You can watch some of the games on there and there's also all the on and off field action and drama too. Make sure you get amongst it. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you.
Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. I have got a wholesome thriller story for you today, Imogen Wells. Is it as thrilling as a man stealing 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs like I bought you yesterday? Look, it's not a competition, all well, right? I, well, Look, I, maybe it on. is. Maybe uh, it could no, be. We we combine mm-hmm. to give joy to the world. Mm. Uh, no, this wholesome thriller story concerns a hiker. Um a Scottish hiker, hiking enthusiast. His name is Alistair Tyson. And uh, Alistair does a lot of hiking, as hiking enthusiasts tend to do. But he doesn't like cameras. Mm. So when he goes for a hike, he uh, naturally he likes to take photos when he gets to the top of the mountain, but he doesn't want to take photos of himself. So he carries a teddy bear with him. Yeah. Um, the teddy bear is called Mini Tyson. It's very inventive. Yeah, and um, Mini Tyson is Alistair's stand-in for photos. So he will go <laughs> and climb a beautiful mountain, um, and then he'll perch... Uh, Minnie Tyson on a, um, you know, a precarious surface and, and take a photo of him. And um, Alistair and Minnie Tyson have climbed uh, mountains all around the world, more than 50 of them. Uh, Minnie Tyson is probably the world's most daring teddy bear. Most accomplished as well. Yeah. The furthest mine's got is maybe Queenstown. Um, but tension. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, that was a so hard but. Re- <laughs> recently... <laughs> These two were climbing a mountain in, in Scotland. Uh, <laughs> are you referred <laughs> as if the teddy bear is also climbing? You know, yes, These two yes, were climbing a mountain. Were they? Yeah, were they? Moral support, you know. These two were climbing. Uh, also some muesli bars climbed it and a water bar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Alistair, as per usual, you know, um, he, he took Minnie Tyson's photo and then he headed back, to, back down the mountain. Mm-hmm. But... Oh. He forgot Minnie Tyson. No. He left him Oh, Minnie Tyson. And you can imagine being really upset by this. Like, I, I had a teddy bear and I lost my teddy bear and I was distraught. Yeah, and also, I imagine these mountains are big, right? It's yeah. not like going up Mount Vic and being like, oh, I'll go back and grab Minnie Tyson. And, and Alistair also did not live in the area and he had to get back home. So he, he couldn't. He couldn't go back up the mountain. Oh, no, so is it? I know. This is the tension. <gasps> this is where the dramatic stakes come into this wholesome thriller story. Oh, uh, no. But it's wholesome for a reason, and that reason is that uh, yeah. Alistair put out the call on social media. He was flooded with responses, and as it happened, one mm. of the responses was from a, a fellow hiking enthusiast who was heading up this particular mm. mountain. He was like, I'll keep an eye out for, for Minnie Tyson, and so he gets up, and then he comes back down, and he says, I can confirm uh, Minnie Tyson is safe and sound, a little bit wet, um, but I have got him, and oh. I'm going to return him to you, Alistair you lucky son of a gun. So Minnie Tyson's uh, mountain climbing career lives to climb another mountain. What an ordeal. Yeah. Also imagine how cut Minnie Tyson would have been in that moment when Big yeah. Tyson's like, walking off. Wh- I mean, like, yo. Dude, aren't you <laughs> forgetting wrong? something? <laughs> Yoo-hoo. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, it had a happy ending, oh, but we are curious, as Amo uh, mentioned before, as to... Um, you know, the most unusual place that you have lost something and whether you got said thing back. But I would bet teddy bears would be one of the most lost items. Yeah. Anyway, let us know your stories. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Insta or TikTok, uh, Newsable NZ, or you can send us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz. But I think that is us for today, isn't it? That is indeed. I'm Emile Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. 
Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting, please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz support. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. That, that, I think Chris, that, it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.